0: Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. My name is Sarah. I am the mom of a five-year-old boy. I get this wrong every week, but I'm just going to go with it this time. (laughs) Today, we are going to talk about the 1989 movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids.
1: Now she's Sarah, and I'm Briar Harvey. (laughs) I have children. (laughs) I'm <laughs> an I don't adult know. now. Yeah, children. I have two children and an adult now, and that is yeah. all. that... We I don't got know it. why we do this the same way every week, considering we have the same fifty-two listeners every week. Hi,
0: guys. Hi, guys. Hi fifty-two listeners. Thanks for listening. We love you. <laughs> <clears throat> so, honey, I shrunk the kids.
1: Y'all voted Let's... on this. Yeah. I, I want. I want to note that I asked if I should, if we should do Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or Nightmare Before Christmas, and it was pretty controversial, so we did both.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is a 1989 movie, Uh and it has a 76 on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: So, I was hoping that it would age well. I was shocked to find it had. It really has, Mm mm-hmm.
0: I I agree, because, so, we watched this movie, my son loved it. We watched Flubber with Robin Williams, my son loved it. And then my husband was like, well, let's watch The Nutty Professor with Eddie Murphy. Right. So, he bought it, which, like, we never buy movies, right? And it was
1: bad, wasn't it? It was really bad.
0: They say the N-word, like five times in the first 15 oh, no. minutes yeah mm-hmm. it's not a kid's movie so here's your oh, warning everybody no that. no don't watch the nutty professor
1: holy crap yeah yep so we'll get into the very i i, I hesitate to call it period but at this point in time it's 30 years ago So, no, 31, I turned 40. Shit. I know. It's easy (laughs) for me to keep track of these things. 1989, this movie Uh is 31 years old, and there's been some social changes. (laughs) All right. I'm sure there were no nominations of any kind. No, this kind. was
0: before... I thought maybe it might have gotten something for, like, visual effects, and it did for... Like, it got a BAFTA, I believe. Okay. Um, But nothing from the Academy. Um, I thought the visual effects actually hold up, like, surprisingly well for practical effects.
1: I mean, you could tell that they were claymation or whatever medium it was yeah. that they used, but... In particular, the scene with the scorpion and auntie, yeah. it held up not bad. Yeah. Like, I watched it, the three year old was scared and ran out of the room. So, yeah. that tells me, like, it's still scary in the way that it's supposed to be scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, let's start with the beginning. Well,
0: yeah. The beginning t- of this movie that cartoon.
1: No, we have to we have to start with the cast first. Oh, we have to start with the cast. Okay. There are some people to talk about here. Yes. Although we have nothing I don't think we have anything controversial we have to do. We're just this not going to
0: deep dive these people because We're, like most
1: of them aren't relevant anymore. <laughs> no, most of them are 80s people, but I do have to ask you the same question that I asked my husband. When I say Matt Frewer Who do I think of? Who do you think of?
0: I isn't he um like the garbage man in the stand? Am I
1: wrong? Um he might actually be. That is not the trash yeah,
0: the trash can man in the stand the version with Roblo.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: but I am a big fan of the stand, so like that's not probably most people's (laughs) No, that is probably not but he's a that guy, he's in
1: everything. Right? Because Cause I, So my husband is bad with the names of yeah. actors, and I'm like, when I say Matt Froer, who, who do you come up with? And he said, I don't fucking know. <laughs> and I said, all right, well, let me show you a picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to which right. I did, and he said, oh, well, that's always going to be Max Headroom. Oh, yes,
0: yeah, that's the conversation my husband and I had, too. He was like, oh, I know that guy from something, and I was like, oh, he's the trash can man from The Stand. He's like, I've never seen it. And I was like, well, first of all, what? But second <laughs> of all... <laughs> How are we still married? So then we looked it up, and I'm like, oh, he's Max Headroom. hmm So that's like a... I don't know that people much younger than me would know who Max Headroom is, though. Probably not. Unless 1987... They... Unless they know from Back to the Future, because right. he's in Back to the Future.
1: As Max Headroom. Now, Back to the Future 2. Is it 2? It's not. It's it's 2, no. Oh, right, because they go to the to past. To the future, Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, and then to the future and 2, right. But the man, I, I mean, his list of credits is fucking prolific, Absolutely, like,
0: yeah, yeah. He's been in everything.
1: He's been in everything. He's... He's really talented, and I would say pretty good at, as a character actor. Yeah. Like, we've talked before about the mark of a good character actor is that you don't remember them. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of these cases, you'll look at this list and go, oh, yeah, I don't remember him there. I don't remember him there. I don't remember him there. Yeah. So, which oh.
0: i yeah, or Dawn of the Dead. He's kind of like the creepy swinger guy, right? Yeah,
1: he was okay. in Watchmen
0: as Moloch. I mean. Oh, I was going to say Lawnmower Man, but I wasn't sure if that was him, but it was. Mm-hmm. All
1: right.
0: Because <laughs> Stephen
1: King. Lawnmower Anyways. Man. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, just <laughs> this, this list is pretty substantial.
0: All right, so here's one I'm going to ask you. And this, I think, is more regional. But when you think of Rick Moranis, what do you think of?
1: That's a tough question. Probably this. Or you Ghostbusters. Think if I'm being... Or okay.
0: Keymaster, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I am the Keymaster. Are you the key? Uh-huh. <laughs> but... I am basically Canadian. Yes. So I think of Strange Brew. Of
1: course you do. <laughs> of course you do. Now... I mean, which is fair. I, I'm looking at Little Shop of Horrors too, and he's so good in that movie. Spaceballs. I was oh, having right. a conversation yeah. today with a client who had never seen Spaceballs. And you know, my just... mom has never seen. <laughs> I don't know how you don't how you miss Spaceballs. I, don't I mean, either. even if you don't like sci-fi, you like Mel you are a Mel Brooks fan. <laughs> right. right.
0: I don't know. I don't I know don't either. either. Rick Moranis is a really interesting career
1: because, like, he stopped. Yeah, do we want to talk about why he stopped? Yes. So he stopped because his wife died. And he wanted to raise his kids. Which, I must say, I find to be very admirable. So the the movies that he came back for were largely these because it was a paycheck right? sure it paid it was a mortgage payment it was a mortgage payment well when you live in hollywood probably you know does he live in hollywood a, but no i don't think that he did probably he stayed in canada, canada? i would guess. i don't know that's a tough question to answer and so i hate to this is really a very big tangent But the new Taylor Swift album dropped. (laughs) And I've become obsessed with the last American Dynasty song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the story she's telling in that song is true. Okay. It's about her house, Taylor's house. The one she lives in now. The one that she lives in now. Or well, owns now. Well, yeah, she doesn't live there now. And the reason that she doesn't live there now is because they hate her in Rhode Island. Okay. They tried to pass a law shortly after she moved there. It is literally called the Taylor Swift tax. Okay. Because they wanted to charge an obscene tax rate on anyone who owned a second home in Rhode Island. Well, I feel like that's pretty standard. i I think that's like, the case in New York. (laughs) It might be in New York. I do know, however, that when Jay Leno bought his $15 million house in Jersey, no one tried to pass the Leno law. Okay. That's all. Okay. There's some, there's some, I think, misogyny here in, in Taylor's house and the way that they've treated Taylor about this house, but I think that do you think
0: too that it has something to do with her um,
1: age as well? It like- might have. Well, I mean, then the fact that she plunked down fifteen million in cash mm-hmm. probably did not. I mean, right, it earned her some talking. However, the the point I was relatively making there is that Taylor's new money, and so she sticks out like a sore thumb meanwhile conan o'brien who lives right up the street from her bought the his place from his parents and so therefore it's all fine and above board right he's a local at that point in time and it is a question then about how celebrities are allowed to live that's where i'm going with all of this okay right And so then
0: Rick Moranis.
1: Rick Moranis. (laughs) And his relative celebrity status, I suspect he probably stayed at home. I I I suspect he didn't move to Hollywood with his kids because who the fuck would want to live in Hollywood as a widow raising children? No. I can't imagine. I mean, I hope he's in
0: Canada. (laughs)
1: Really, for all our sake, protect the national treasure that is Rick Moranis. Yeah. Keep him in Canada. <laughs> it looks like he still does
0: stuff with, like, SCTV and stuff, mm-hmm. so I'm going to guess he's in Canada. I'm going to guess he's in Canada, too. Yeah. I like that he is the voice of Rut in Brother Bear, who is a mm-hmm. moose. <laughs> I love
1: that. <laughs> and he did... He's done some uh, audio work because that's easier, relatively yeah, speaking. Yeah, so
0: like, as like a Disney nerd, he. Gravedale High. He, he I don't know anything about Gravedale High. I've never heard of it.
1: <laughs> it was a Disney show.
0: There's, uh, we've talked about this before. We talked about Figment before in mm-hmm. the Disney little uh, Disney randomness dive. Mm-hmm. Um and so Figment is, at, it's a ride. It's part of a ride, the journey into the imagination at Epcot in Walt Disney World, and it's like the whole thing is that it's a um a laboratory where they're experimenting with the senses. Oh. And on the ri- on the queue in, you're going through this laboratory, and there's other famous professors on the walls. So you see, uh, there's a portrait of Robin Williams as his character from Flubber. Oh, okay. and there's a picture of Rick Moranis as his character from the Honey I Shrunk movies. And then as you're like in the beginning of the ride, once you're in the vehicle, you like ride past these. Um, scientists offices. (laughs) So, but once upon a time, there was a Honey, I Shrunk the Ride, Honey, I Shrunk the Kid ride. I think it was called Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Mm -hmm. And so it was like one of those like theaters with like, where they would puff air at you and like (laughs) things would come on your, yeah. And there used to be also a, like a playground that Mm -hmm. was, um, like as if you were in the backyard.
1: Aha. I would also like to note that in pre-production is a movie called Shrunk. Yes. So there will be another. I mean, that was announced in February of this year, so who so the hell who knows? who the hell knows when, but if you're excited about such things, in just a couple weeks from the release of this episode... You will be able to watch the new Bill and Ted movie. And let's be honest. That's exciting. So what are they doing with is it like, um, gonna be an I've watched release? all of this. Oh, how are they releasing it? Yeah. <laughs> I think that they are simul releasing. Okay. Is 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 I believe what I've seen. Storyline wise, it's about their daughters. I, I
0: don't know. I'll pay money to see it regardless. You don't need to tell me. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> I, I mean and the cherry on the top of it all, and I do not remember his name off the top of my head, we all know how I am with names and how often I get them wrong, but the guy who directed it is the same guy who did Galaxy Quest. So oh, I feel so like it it's in good. good hands, yeah, right? I agree. The series is in good hands. I don't think the boys would have signed up to do a sequel at this point in time. If it wasn't likely to be good. And I'm so excited. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And if you haven't seen Galaxy Quest, you should watch it.
1: Oh, yeah. That movie is required watching, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of
0: people don't know how good it is.
1: So, let's see. All right. Do we have anyone else that we really need to cover? Christine
0: Sutherland. She plays also... She's Buffy's
1: mom. Yes.
0: Um... I don't feel like any of the kids ended up doing anything.
1: I feel like Ron. I know him from. Oh, he was Overboard. in like other kids movies. He was right? in other kids movies, and he was also Chip on Roseanne. I don't know if that actually means. I don't that know means. about that. He now plays guitar in the rock band Deal by Dusk,
0: Uh-huh, of which course is short.
1: Uh huh. Exactly. Right. Mm hmm. But if you recognize him in this movie, most likely it is from Overboard. Yeah. that is where I recognized him from, and I kept staring. Why do I recognize this kid? So I
0: had that same reaction to Rush Jr., but I don't know what I know him from. Let I guess t- he just, like, I just watched this movie that much when I was a kid. It's possible. Because he- the whole scene with um, uh, Amy dancing in the kitchen, mm-hmm. like, that, like, It was, like, right out of my memory. It was like, oh, yeah, I totally remember this exact scene, like, to a T. He was in Pearl
1: Harbor as a pilot, so I'm sure it worked out well for him in that film.
0: Yeah. Right? (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, unfortunately,
0: like, none of these kids
1: went anywhere. No. In (laughs) fact, I feel like... Gloria, the weird chick in the minivan, is Kimmy Robertson. And she's actually recognizable, probably, if you watch Twin Peaks. Okay. <laughs> she's also... God. Um, don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead. She was the uh, voice of she the She plays feather the duster Feather Duster in Beauty, and, and, Beauty and, the and the Beast.
0: Okay, well, that's the most exciting one
1: the rest <laughs> of these are but Twin Peaks so clearly you're just a little bit too young for no I've twin... just
0: never watched Twin Peaks how is that possible I know right I was never like in like I also didn't watch um the x-files like as a, a younger person like I've gone back and rewatched it now but like
1: which is I don't interesting because X Files is only aged okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I've only, like, I was, like, easily creeped out as a kid, I guess. And I so that's why I didn't watch Twin for Peaks. For Twin
1: Peaks. I
0: would go back for to, Twin Peaks. I've meant to. And I think I did actually start it. But, it's... like, I, What's His Face, the lead character, like, yeah. the detective, uh-huh. all I can see him as is the husband of What's Her Face from Sex in the City. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, right? Because that's, like, another thing that I didn't... I only, like, watched a few episodes of, because it just wasn't my, like... Kyle sick. McLaughlin is who yeah. that would be. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. That's my... Okay. Sorry, guys. It's
1: Trey <laughs> McDougal in Sex in the City, which... I have never seen that one. Like that one yeah. never did it for me. The me idea neither. of Sex and mm-hmm. the City never did. Like it for I watched
0: me. it in my twenties because I was like, I guess I need to watch.
1: Like I'm the same way to that watch I this. watched Friends, and when yeah. apparently I need to be aware of this cultural zeitgeist, right? Not because I actually care about it, or but think how that it's am, that am I funny. supposed to get the references if exactly. I don't watch exactly, exactly, and. TV is not that way at all now. No. We we should do a deep dive sometime on how much the, like, I feel like Tiger King was the last thing the American people all rallied around and went, you have to see this show. And what does that say about us? I mean, maybe we need to give it a little bit more
0: time, but I think, like, if there was gonna be stuff that we were all gonna rally around this would be the time for it to have happened and tiger king was the only thing to like
1: grab onto that right i mean i feel like some people watched love is blind and i confess that i I too watched watched love is blind So then, yeah that caught a little bit of it but it was but i watched love is blind because i knew it was going to be bad and because I knew I wanted to catch the jokes. It was the jokes there again, too. I mean, how could I live without knowing that Jessica was 34? I'd have missed so many great memes. <laughs> so many great memes.
0: I literally just got sent one of the memes about that. Like, it was Jessica and Mark. This is, like, 2020.
1: <laughs> um. I, I saw I saw one the other day, too. It was COVID-19 jessica 34 <laughs> <laughs> like this is why i watched that show it's i'll be honest at least the reason why i started at tiger king but i was hooked three minutes in you oh know? yeah
0: i mean there's everything <laughs> <sighs>
1: oh my god uh, and now
0: here we are four months later past the trend talking about tiger king because we're mobs and that's what we do
1: well and our other alternative tv is we're going to be reviewing wally next time for y'all because that's the movie that is on repeat in my house and sarah says she has no problem playing that movie because her son wants to learn about space and i'm like well that's how (laughs) homeschooling works in our house so seems legitimate to me okay I think we can Should we probably talk about, talk about movie? the movie. Yeah. So the animated sequence, we got to start with that first.
0: Uh, why don't these happen anymore? These animated That's intros. That's a really good question. Because they're so good. Um, off the top of my head, Christmas Vacation mm-hmm. and True Beverly Hills. They're so good. Even as I say Troop Beverly Hills, I can hear the song from mm-hmm. the opening credits of Troop Beverly Hills.
1: Now, this movie... Okay. Who did the music for this movie? Because I actually think that's pretty significant. It was good. For one thing. Even watching it back, I was surprised. Um... Music by... Oh, my God, it's James Horner.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) So, yeah, that explains why it's good. This is the Titanic guy. Yeah.
1: Okay, animated credits opening. Films, live action. Blackula that's probably not what we're looking for. Oh, I remember the one from don't tell mom. The babysitter's dead. Drop dead. Fred had one escape to which mountain had one. Uh, Friday after next. That's significant. George of the jungle. Is it the one with Brendan Fraser? Mm-hmm. Labyrinth had one, and that one was CGI. Mannequin. Um, The Meaning of Life and Life of Brian, both Monty Python. That's like a different... It hits different. (laughs) Parent Trap. The Pink Panther. Um... Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events has a closing credits scene that's animated that's good. Um, oh, of course, Tenacious D and The Pick of Destiny. <laughs> I forgot that's a whole movie. That's a whole movie. Weekend at Bernie's 2. So,
0: mostly, it's of a time,
1: right? Right. Like, most of these that I'm reading are... are late 80s early 90s now there were some others that I didn't mention that are older Vincent Price did one like but there is something oh knobs and Broomsticks that's really old mm-hmm. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein but there's something compelling about the animated intro that I really like I love
0: them they, it's like a warm blanket of nostalgia. It really like, is. I know when that comes up, like when a movie starts <clears throat> and one of those is on there, I'm like, oh yes, this is going to remind me of Happy Feelings of Childhood, regardless of what the movie's actually like. It, like it doesn't
1: matter. No. It's, it's Happy <laughs> Feelings of Childhood. Mm-hmm. I agree. And this one is what? I mean, more or less the movie, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. They usually are, though, uh-huh. right? I mean,
0: I think Christmas Vacation is, like, Santa's travels, but usually it's, like, a a
1: a quick, like, synopsis of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, we open on Wayne making the shrink ray gun. And Diane is, I guess, out of town. It's tough to tell. She's out of the, she they had a fight uh-huh. and she
0: spent the night at her mother's house. Oh, okay. Um right off the bat, something that like hits for this movie for me is their house.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Like you don't often see um working class families represented like this anymore, right?
1: The clutter
0: it's extreme. Just the life. Like, that... these days, even, like, a working class family like this would live in, like, a house that's unattainable for most people. hmm You know? Um, or, and I think we've talked about this before, or flip side, they'd live in a trailer. Right. Right? There's no, you don't see, like, the realistic representation of what, like, a true family house is anymore. And this house is, like, what... I mean, we all saw this house mm-hmm. growing up, right? We had a friend, or it was our house, or...
1: Well, and they bring up the money issue with the Thompsons and the deposit on the campsite right. as being $80, mm-hmm. and I, I marked this, like $80 in 1989, 1989 that's was a, a significant lot of amount of money. Mm-hmm.
0: For a campsite. Mm-hmm. That Like, what is this campsite?
1: Well, when you're, when, in those days, when you were in a rig like that, it was, it was, they, they had much fewer slips and I assume they were right off whatever lake or river they were going to go fish off of. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've never, I've never done, um, like camper camping before with like, you know, hookups and stuff. So I don't know. I can't say, but $80 seemed like a lot to me. I made that same note.
1: Well, and it's certainly it, it's it'd be a lot for a campsite now. I mean, right
0: as your deposit, as a not deposit. even like because I would expect that to be my full fee mm-hmm. for like a long weekend at a campsite mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. not my deposit.
1: Right. So, and I liked that. I mean, they did address how Diane had to make the money. Because mm-hmm. Wayne was living his dream. I mean, yeah. There was. I was really interested to note uh, Amy's their reliance on Amy as, as a chi- as child care. as childcare as yeah. childcare as chef as mm-hmm. maid, and I always feel bad. Because I do require a lot of those things from my daughter. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like... I, I, I try really hard to draw the line between having her help and making her responsible yeah. for things. right? And I feel like there's a real distinction there.
0: I feel like there's a difference between having her help and becoming reliant on the help that she gives. Where if she were not there anymore, you wouldn't be able to function at the capacity right. that you're functioning at. Now, like, let's obviously, not be... Amy's not
1: fixing breakfast very often right. since she burned the hell out of it, so it's <laughs> not something that she's in practice of doing. Right. <clears throat> but the way she was talking to her friends, I mean, there but was... I, I do have to say, too, that, okay,
0: so I was born in 82, mm-hmm. so I was, like, 7 or 8, so not far off from... The same age as, um, what's his face? The, (laughs) Amy's brother. Nick. Um, Nick. So not too far off in age from Nick, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, relatively, but whatever. Um, and I feel like that was a little bit more common back then too, though. Oh, yeah. Like, My brother was fully responsible for me in the mornings. Mm -hmm. My mom had already left for work. Mm -hmm. He got me up, did my hair, fed me breakfast. My brother was five years older than me.
1: So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was changing my brother's diapers at Mm -hmm. seven years old. Mm -hmm. Like, I still don't have my daughter change diapers. I had to, I had to teach her at 17 years old how to change diapers cuz she'd never done it for either for either of her brothers but i yeah. had a day long conference and her dad was working so it was, she had, it was necessary it was necessary for her to be but for me that was that was my thing as a kid man mm-hmm. i was 7 years old changing fucking diapers and i resented the hell out of it yeah so when we had kids that was you made like, sure that wasn't going to be the case. That, I, I didn't want to sure. have my older children raising the younger ones. You that weren't going to be like the Duggars. No. Right. So I think, on the other hand, Amy has a lot of autonomy. And mm. But that's also, <clears throat> like I like think... how she's the one that kisses Russ.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I like the dynamic there. Um, that wasn't necessarily what you saw in that. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the stereotype of the time. Like, and I still, like, to an extent, I had, like, a hard time. <laughs> this is funny. But I had a hard time, like, um, my mind had a hard time accepting that dynamic in this movie, knowing it was an 80s movie, like, that Russ was, like, the geeky kid. Right. But also because he sort of doesn't look like the 80s geeky kid. Like, he looks like your stereotypical, like popular 80s kid uh-huh. wouldn't you agree with the hair uh-huh. and stuff oh yeah so like oh, with, yeah yeah
1: the <laughs> but then he's so little mm-hmm. <laughs> and when so if you want to go back to 80s stereotypes of the little guy you have to look at michael j fox i think yeah right you have but to then look at he was always tides. the cool
0: guy too
1: he right? was the cool guy But he was still the little guy. Yeah. And there was still that that weird standard. Like, you could be the cool little guy, but you were still the little guy. Mm -hmm. And you did not get the cheerleader girls. Right. You got the second tier girls. Because (laughs) the hierarchy of popularity in the 80s and 90s really was a thing.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. I don't know. Is that... What's I don't know. The world I didn't like
1: these days. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's a reason I have chosen not to send my children to public school and now I definitely wouldn't send them to public school.
0: Yeah. But... My my kids too little. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Next time I'm home I'm going to ask my
1: nieces Tell me about high school dynamics. Yeah, I'll ask my sister who is sixteen years younger than me. Yeah. How that... her high school dynamics were, you know, five, ten years ago. Yeah. But still that's even Cause... a long time at this point in time. How were things? I graduated from high school twenty years ago. Right. More than 20 years ago. I'm 40 years... Well, no, not for me. It was still only 20 years ago. For most people who weren't on the seven-year plan at 40 years old, it was more than 20 years ago. I was class of 2000, so it was 20 years ago for me. Yeah, so I guess it was just a six-year plan because I graduated (laughs) in 2000. It
0: took me a while to graduate college. Don't worry.
1: (laughs) I still haven't graduated from college. But that's because I figured out you can't do anything with a a, a bachelor's in anthropology. Yeah, well,
0: my bachelor's in communications is doing what? I
1: can edit this podcast. Hey, you do a great (laughs) job editing this podcast. I'm certainly not editing this podcast. (sighs) Hey, 52 people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay. Anyways. <laughs> At so, least for not Wayne Zylinski.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Who was always the nerd. Yeah. It was it was a rough time to be a nerd in mm-hmm. the late 80s. It really it was not It was a-
0: back before the word nerd was like a badge of honor, right? Cuz like now if people ask you what you're interested in, you would say things like, "Oh, I'm kind of a nerd. I have like a podcast about kids' movies."
1: Right? And that would be fine. Yeah. In 1989, you wouldn't say that. No, although it wouldn't have mattered. I was already getting beaten up for my Doctor Who scarf and Star Trek lunchbox. Mhm. The Doctor Who scarf though. I do miss the Doctor Who scarf. It you got to get knitting and one long I cannot knit. Have Crochet? To... No, I'm just going to have to buy one somewhere. <laughs> so, Wayne leaves to go to his conference. And Ron hits the baseball through the attic window. Up until this
0: point, the shrink ray was blowing everything up. Right.
1: And Russ... I guess they bill him the whole way through the movie as Little Russ, which kind of, to emphasize, he's Russ Jr. I -hmm. don't know why he has to be Little Russ, except for to prove the point that he was little, I guess, which Um, is ironic, since they were all fucking little. So he's Russ Jr. Yes. So his dad is
0: Big Russ. My husband is a junior, and he is little, and his dad is big, yeah. Yeah and so i is that not annoying when you hit adulthood no because it's literally the only way to tell them apart when you're talking about one of them to the other person
1: like how else do you talk like what else do you say this is why i don't understand junior no
0: all. no i would never have a junior never. Um, And, like, my husband never refers to himself as a junior. But, like, we use a lot of the same, like, doctors. And at one point we had the same insurance company. Uh And, like, he would never call and refer to himself as junior. But, like, your dad goes there, too. You need to refer to yourself as junior. Because he just doesn't. He doesn't call himself junior ever. He's little and his dad is big. And the funny thing is, in his family... Um, his cousin has the same name as me. And so, like, when I came into the family, they started calling me Big Sarah <laughs> and Little Sarah. <laughs> but they were both five foot two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'm Big Sarah. Because <laughs> so, I'm older. Because you're older. Okay. I wanted to make sure that yeah, that no. was. Yeah, <laughs> no. Because I realize this is a radio show. And we don't actually have video of us recording you in your closet, me sitting here smoking pie. We we, we don't share this video, but it's important to note that Big Sarah ain't that big, y'all. No, not really. I mean, like. She's pocket size. And I may I'm not, not be comfortable
0: big. with, like, where I am weight wise post quarantine 15, but. <laughs> <laughs> Even I wouldn't refer to myself as Big Sarah.
1: <laughs> I'm not Large Marge over here. <laughs> oh. See, and this is why no one should ever be a junior. Yeah, ever. no,
0: never. Ever, 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 ever. They, like,. There was, like, one conversation where it was, like, will your son be a third? And I'm, like, no. 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 Because you know what happens? Your social security numbers and your credit scores and all that shit gets confused. One time, my husband sees the same dermatologist as his father because his father had a melanoma. And, like, so now he has to go in regularly and it's fine, whatever. But... He went in and they were like, Oh, I see that scar. My husband went in. Oh, I see that scar on your face that's healed up really well. And my husband's like, That wasn't me. That was my father. And the doctor or the nurse or whatever was like, Somebody's getting fired because they pulled <laughs> the wrong chart. Like, you can't tell people that. Like, what if his, what, what if him and his dad were like no contact and they didn't know? That's HIPAA. Right. Right. But there's so many, like, we had to leave, we were with one insurance company, we literally had to leave that insurance company, because they kept getting our information confused with his parents' information. Like, they couldn't, they couldn't figure out how to not get that mixed up. You know, and there's
1: social security numbers here. Or, if nothing else, wives' names, although I dislike having to tie that to right? That seems patriarchal, doesn't it? Yeah, How do I've we never... tell junior and senior apart? They're wives!
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, luckily <laughs> that's has not been a problem. We're just, you know, big and little. <laughs> when I send out invites, I always refer to us as the junior household. Like, I specifically mention, like, last name junior household and then like our address and Uh he like and it's funny to me because he literally never refers to himself as a junior ever like there's a guy at his office with the exact same initials as him and they do a lot of like we refer to ourselves as our initials like intra office and stuff Uh and you would think he would just be like this is my initials junior to like clarify that no he's like this is my initials too
1: Well, because there's some identity things. There. Oh, absolutely! No? I, mean, I can't. Can you imagine having the same name as your father? No. I.
0: No, and absolutely, I... identity. Like you, and especially when you hit like that teenage phase, where like mm-hmm. you need to be your own person, like Russ is here. Mm-hmm.
1: And he's so different from his dad. Well, and I think they talk about that fairly well. To. I... Like, one of the things that I thought aged so well about this movie was the family dynamics. Mm-hmm. The way that they obviously missed the kids. Mm-hmm. They went searching for them very quickly, especially yeah. by 1989 yeah, standards. Right? Yep. Like, we had to have been missing past 9 p.m. Right. Before yeah, anyone were even on. called. Right. <laughs> Yep. So there was obviously, it it was a good family structure. Both of these families as different as they are. And I like how they did that too. Mm -hmm. You know, we have, but family was an interesting conversation to be had in 1989 when we were talking about the middle class. Mm -hmm. It was not something that was really regularly done. And we can compare this family, these families, to the McAllister's of Mm -hmm. Home Alone. Right. Same here. Yep. But the McAllister's are supposed to be middle class in that gigantic mansion of theirs. Yeah. Yeah, so that's
0: it. Like, those houses. Like, Mm -hmm. just the difference between what you're seeing in those two houses.
1: So the realism here, and then, you know, Wayne goes to the conference and they laugh him off the stage. Like, it was really down-to-earth and approachable mm-hmm. in a way that film just wasn't at this mm-hmm. point in time.
0: I would say it's very much along the same lines of like why shows like Roseanne and The Simpsons mm-hmm. became so popular, because they, like, hit like, such Mm -hmm. a nerve with what reality was for most people at that time. And obviously this is, like, a way more, like, glossed over version of that reality than Roseanne or even The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. But, like, they just, it's like those shows and that this movie finally hit at what reality was for a lot of people.
1: You know, and you bring up Roseanne, and it's an interesting thing because... If you look at the reboot and what happened to it and the politicization of it versus the just acceptance of this is middle-class, possibly conservative America. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So the original Roseanne premiered in 1988. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, definitely of a time...
1: And we were having honest conversations about what the middle class looked like that we Mm -hmm. hadn't really had before.
0: And then The Simpsons premiered in
1: 1989. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So, where were we? Oh, the ball. And Little Russ grabs Ron and makes him go over to apologize Ron and Nick go upstairs and get shrunk. And then Amy and Nick go upstairs and get shrunk. Amy and Russ. Or Amy Ross. and Russ go upstairs. <laughs> yep. Um, so
0: something about this movie that feels different, like, as an adult versus a kid is this movie felt like such a great adventure movie as a kid. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, it feels terrifying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know what else? I had that same exact response to Jumanji. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. The the original, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like right. I watch it now and go, "Holy shit!" This was Jumanji was actually one of the first ones that I played for my kids, and then went back and looked at it in reflection yeah maybe i need to start pre-screening the movies <laughs> that that i allow the kids to watch i mean at least it wasn't a nutty professor situation and, uh, <laughs> wow i'm still honestly mind blown over that uh, i
0: know like i expected a little bit of like language right it's eddie murphy it,
1: right sure right i mean harlem but it's not supposed to be harlem (laughs) nights (laughs) but when this like my husband and i looked at each other and we're like
0: (laughs) (laughs) now and it just like comes out like it's not even just like one it's like
1: now here's a question (laughs) can you find the nutty professor Just, it, apparently it's on Hulu. I wonder if it's on Hulu or if it's on one of the...
0: It's on one of the extras, because we have Hulu, so we paid for... We own them all now.
1: Nobody's watching them. No, I know. Because <laughs>
0: I'm not going to sit down and watch it by myself.
1: Stars. It's on Stars. Yeah. So they play it on Stars. It's only like PG-13. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And we've obviously talked about what a farce that is. Yeah. PG-13 in 1996. is <laughs> a very different thing than PG-13 in 2020. Holy crap. That's hysterical. <laughs> All right. So after the kids get shrunk, Wayne comes back, sweeps him up into the trash bag after he beats up the machine because it's broken takes them outside and then yeah you're right the grand adventure begins because like so many of my favorite movies this movie is basically a travel yeah right mm-hmm. it's point a to point b yep in this case it's the sidewalk to the house <laughs> mm-hmm. but there's grand adventures to be had we and have whoopie pies to eat Whoopi is it a whoopie pie? what well, is it? no, no it's, it's an oatmeal a... cream. Oh,
0: yes. Those are so freaking good. Like, things I don't buy now that I, like, Little Debbie
1: snacks. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. And I'm, you watch him eat the oatmeal cream pies, and I'm like, I want one of those. I can't eat one of those. No. I should not <laughs> eat one of those. The wheat alone, forget the wheat, I'd have a sugar coma and die from, oh my god. Man, do I want one of those. (laughs) I feel like that's something that we can probably do healthier, can't we? Oh, I mean, yeah. Do Uh, we want to? Healthier than little Debbie? Yes, yes, I feel. But there's like,
0: there's like a certain way that like a little Debbie just.
1: Oh, there is. You know? There is.
0: Like I, I in non-quarantine COVID times, I'm a big baker. Mm-hmm. I've completely lost the passion to do that. I have. Me baked too.
1: In I'm so glad it's not just me. Everyone picked up sourdough. No, I do not want anything like, to do with it. Those people aren't people who bake. Th- they're not. Because like to me, that just doesn't appeal at all. Well, like and them. I'm a professional baker, or was in <laughs> formative days. I did loaves of bread, yeah. like fifty a day. And I've watched all of these people pick up their quarantine sourdough habits, and I'm like, you're going to quit soon, and then I'll buy the yeast. Yeah, I probably come Christmas so that yeah, because I certainly early days
0: I bought like a giant thing of powdered sugar, a giant thing of almond flour. I'm looking at a
1: ten pound bag of fucking flour that (laughs) is sitting here, and a pound
0: of yeast because I'm like, oh great, this will be a good time to like really perfect my macaroon recipe because like I've got it, I can make them, but like I have like sixty percent like success rate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't make them for anybody like as an order because I can't guarantee that they're gonna come out. So I'm like, my thought early in March was, I'm gonna make this work. This is gonna be it. I'm gonna make like endless macaroons. Um, I mm-hmm. assume
1: we mean macaroons like the coconut. The, macaroons. No, no, the French macaroons. Oh, macarons. Yeah, they're, I'm sorry. They're not macarons. the same thing. Macarons. At all.
0: I, I can make them, but I don't have a full success rate. Anyways, I haven't no, touched they're, them. they're hard. I haven't baked a thing. Um, I mean, the closest I've come was I made, like, one loaf of bread because we ran out of bread one day in, like, April, and I was like, I'm not going to the store for bread. And then my husband was like, I don't like this bread. And I'm like, I'm never <laughs> making bread again. <laughs> I'm never baking again. or done. But I'm and, like a, I like bake. Like, baking uh-huh. is my hobby. Baking and cooking is my hobby. And because I'm cooking so damn much right mm-hmm. now, I don't want anything to do with it. And I don't remember where we were going with this, but that's what I have we, to we say. We were talking about Little Debbie and making them
1: healthier. Because... Oh,
0: so I was going to say, I've made plenty of, like, from scratch Funfetti cakes. And mm. they just aren't the same. Like no, sometimes no, no. you just need the chemicals from the box sometimes of Duncan Hines Funfetti. Like <laughs> <laughs> and I think the same thing like applies with little Debbie, right? You just you me, need the preservatives.
1: The I need that like oh, that, that gooiness that happens. Oh, I know. You don't have to tell me. With a preserved <laughs> nothing nothing bakes up like wheat flour. No matter how much <laughs> I like my black bean brownies, and I do like my black bean brownies, it's just not the same. But they don't bake the same. Mm-hmm. They're they're tasty, but they don't have texturally and yeah. and black bean brownies by the way are the best gluten-free baked good you could possibly ask for. It's all downhill from there. <laughs> Well, a macaroon is gluten free. A macaron. True, if because it's almond flour. Almond flour. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Someday, maybe mm-hmm. in twenty twenty one, I'll make some and send them to you because okay. they freeze really well. They
1: do. They do. They freeze. They <laughs> ship well. They... I owe you. Okay, I'm gonna hold when you we've to all it. been
0: vaccinated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well that's never happening then. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so yeah I mean we have they go down the grass, they get blown over by the bees, then they get separated, then the rain, sta- or the sprinkler starts. Just
0: really good practical effects.
1: It really is, I mean. Think of the sets they built. That giant Lego alone. I know. Alone, mm-hmm.
0: it's just, I wanted to camp in a giant Lego. Me too. Me too. I asked ah. my son, I'm like, do you want to camp in a giant Lego? He's like, well, Legos aren't really that big. <laughs> well, my kid, have some imagination here.
1: I know. So practical, that one. <laughs> and I think that. So. I did really like how Wayne and Diane managed to come back together over yes. the missing kids, mm-hmm. and there was—I think there was that's important—spatting there though. Like, yeah, we again with the reality of the traditional American family right. at this time. Right, you got it to, was see good to see marital difficulty. See yeah.
0: Parents aren't always going to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And that's normal, and that's fine, Mm -hmm. and they're still together, and honey,
1: I blew up the kid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Russ and May have their own little Mm -hmm. spats, but are just as really solid as a relationship. Like, the whole scene at the end where he takes his hat off and he's got the cigarettes in there and yep. she's like, mm-hmm, like, I couldn't smell it on you this whole time, Right, right you're not I'm- fooling anybody, buddy. No, and you're I not too, fooling- like, I like, I feel
0: like at, at that point in time in the 80s there was, like, a really shifting in the dynamic from, like, the, um the household interactions that we see more today versus the household interactions that we saw at the time and so growing up we saw a lot of people with like the more 1950s traditional housewife role which is what may is right Uh you saw that and you see it too in back to the future right Mm -hmm. um and then you see like the Zelensky's mom, who is more of like the career woman, right? Well, she
1: is the breadwinner. She right. Sold the house. Mm-hmm. She's made the money. Although they'll make, we know that they make a lot of money off of the shrink ray after they and sell they it.
0: move to Nevada. Right. <laughs> I
1: don't know. I don't know. I haven't watched actually. Yeah. If so. I if I if I think about it, probably because Las Cruces. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Yep, I think they talk about that. We actually saw Honey I Blew Up the Kids the week after cuz we do pizza and movie night on mm-hmm. Fridays. Um we just haven't watched 3 yet, but
1: I don't yeah, I remember can't, I can't if they remember it. why they moved to Nevada. Yeah, but, but they are in Nevada. Like, mm-hmm. And the
0: reason you remember that is because like there's the scene with the giant baby walking down right, like right, in Reno right. or whatever. right. <laughs> Um, But anyways I think it's very important like that's maybe a thing that we're missing now like where growing up we saw a lot and I in in my own personal life I saw a lot of like these are people with stay at home moms with a 1950s mom role versus a dad who goes out and work and I feel like even though there are still stay at home moms these days it's a different dynamic than it was then. But, like, at this point in time, it was more that, like, we were still in the middle of making that transition. So, you were seeing that in, you know, real life. Like, mm-hmm. I know I had friends whose moms were like 1950s housewife, mm-hmm. whose dads never changed a diaper, who, you know, whatever. And that's just not the, that's not what you see these days as often.
1: Well, and I know that played out in my own parentage because that was the expectation of my mother Mm -hmm. and my mother more or less said, fuck this. Mm -hmm. I ain't doing it. Right. And so my parents divorced when I was eight or nine years old. So right around this time, Mm -hmm. like it was, it was, it was an endless source of, conflict in my home I mean Mm -hmm. my entire early childhood was listening to my parents yell about how little my mom did around the house which looking back on it I'd have to strongly disagree with Mm -hmm. by the way I think that she probably I mean I don't remember my house ever being filthy right certainly not as a mom now like I'll look around and in part it's because I haven't paid someone to come in and clean since COVID started. And boy, howdy, I can tell. (laughs) I'm looking around like, I'm either going to have to bite the bullet and have somebody in, or I'm going to have to do it myself. I think I may bite the bullet and have somebody in. (laughs) Yeah. And when I think of my house and the clear lack of mess, and yet they were fighting constantly over what my mom didn't Mm -hmm. And at some point in time, she said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. Yeah. I'm not going to do
0: it. If you're telling me I'm not doing it, I'm not going to do it. I'm gone.
1: And that dynamic was, I think, very present. My mom was born in 1955. Mm -hmm. So she was a little young for the 60s, but old enough to be aware and conscious of what was going on during the sexual revolution Mm -hmm. and her sister was 10 years older my aunt was 10 years older than her so she was in college she went to woodstock right like there was this whole world that my mom was seeing and then she got married and the expectation was that she'd be a good housewife and she rebelled
0: yeah right
1: i think that was common Mm -hmm. then you know hell i think we see that still at this point in time Mm -hmm. if you read reddit relationship threads often enough like man it's still something of an expectation in some places that once a woman has a child that she becomes the stay-at-home housekeeper
0: yeah I mean, obviously, that's something that, like, we're still working with, and the gender um, equity is not there yet, right? No. Like, as much as, like, we might have thought we had it, we don't, and that's obvious in most, um, especially right now. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. becoming more obvious right now.
1: Yeah, the differential is so apparent Mm -hmm. when we're talking about who's staying home Mm -hmm. with the kids... And who's going out and working, or who's the essential parent, right. and who's the default parent? Right. And, I mean,
0: so, obviously, that's something that we as a society are dealing with right now. That's a very, like, hot-button issue and whatever. Um, but the
1: expectations were different mm-hmm. at the time of this movie, Right. Yeah, I don't think you got to complain too much about... Right. I, I mean, obviously, when Diane comes home, and she... Diane comes home with groceries for Thanksgiving. Yes! So, she's just sold a house, mm-hmm. and then on her way home, picks up the, the turkey and the trimmings. Yeah. I didn't
0: catch that. I didn't catch that that was, I, like, I expected that that, like, last scene was further into the future, but you caught, like, she has the turkey. Yeah, she has the turkey. Okay, so the turkey. Okay, so it's not that far. The, no, it's
1: not that far out. They put the turkey into the fridge.
0: Like,
1: okay. so I didn't catch yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, she's just <laughs> sold the house, and then she goes grocery shopping for the holiday dinner that she no doubt prepared, like. Sure. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. They just, you know, grew the turkey. (laughs) Is that genetically modified food at that point in time? No. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what the science is. (laughs) What's the science of the shrink ray or the grow ray as it happens to be?
0: (laughs) Also, I love that in this movie, like, so obviously, fairly soon after the main events of the movie take place, they're having Thanksgiving dinner, uh-huh. right? So the whole thing about the next movie is that he can't replicate growing things in Nevada. <laughs> mm. Hmm. And then the baby blows up.
1: Yep. I don't... I, but I don't, he obviously could get the turkey to get bigger. The turkey? The bone? Yeah. Didn't they blow up a new ant as a pet? Did they? I can't remember. I is can't that... remember either. I, like, I, I don't remember. I watched
0: it twice. I know! But, hey! The fact that we remember this much is
1: progress. It's really? We're doing well by our <laughs> recent standards, aren't we? <laughs> so... Um, let's see, we get the whole anti and scorpion attack, which again, I thought had aged fairly well. I
0: agree. Like, obviously they're using some sort of stop motion technology along the lines of like Jason versus the Argonauts, but like it, it does good. It does well. It does good. It does well. (laughs) <laughs> my kid didn't question it.
1: No. No, my like I said, my three-year-old ran out of the room screaming, so clearly... <laughs> It did the job. I felt bad, too. I had to pause it and console him and then watch it. Oh, it's the rest scary. Of it it the was.
0: Scorpion is scary. Like, they are very... They've got,
1: like, the little hairs and, like... Yeah, man. It was creepy looking. Yeah. They did a good job with it. And then... So we have that. And then the lawnmower. And then they get rescued by the dog. And almost eaten in the Cheerios. It's such an iconic scene. It really is. <laughs> it really is. And, and I Quark, would And think- the hero of the whole movie, because, like, he saves the kids. He's trying to get their attention the whole way through. Yep. Like, hey, they're out there. Finally, he bites him on the ankle. Like... Yeah, you hey, don't hero, eat your son here. The dog, man's best friend in this film.
0: <laughs> um, I uh, I like the dynamic between the kids as siblings too. Mm-hmm. Cause like you have like that like sibling like at each other, but mm-hmm. then they obviously all care about each other too, right?
1: Well, and. They did that antagonistic relationship, I think, fairly well between Amy and uh, Russ. Mm-hmm. No, not Russ. Nick. Ron. Ron, the other brother. Oh, the younger brother. The younger brother, when when she goes to talk to him about the truce and mm-hmm. has a handful of mud, like yeah. the way that he looks at her afterwards, like. Yeah, you're all
0: right. Yeah. Right. We all had relationships like that with the neighbor kids, right? Like, right. And it was, like, totally, like, beyond. So you had your insular, like, I can make fun of my siblings, but nobody can make nobody fun of my Nobody else can siblings. make fun of my but siblings. But then I know growing up, too, you also had the, like, Inner I can make fun of single. my neighborhood <laughs> friends, but <laughs> you can't make fun of my neighborhood friends.
1: Well, and... Because me. we were all running riot wild like a bunch of crazy Exactly. People. And it was it was the block, right? Mm-hmm. My block was really, really long. Mm-hmm. So there was actually a section oh, that was okay. my block. <laughs> and then there was a different block section. Yeah like and and there was on my street rivalry oh, between okay. my block <laughs> section and the farther down yeah. block section. Like, because it was the 80s and we didn't have anything to do but play outside all day.
0: Yeah. So I grew up on like a, my street was shaped like a horseshoe. Um, So we were very like, this is our street. And Uh then we like, I don't know. Apparently to my husband, this is not the norm. But like, my neighborhood was vast. Like, you, it was just all interconnected streets. And you could like walk from like one person's house to like the entire like three miles of this neighborhood Uh without hitting a main road it was just like a vat it was post war housing Uh small ranches just on top of each other um but like there was very much a like well we live on this street and this is where we live and we don't those people over there those are like rentals don't talk to those people, <laughs>
1: <laughs> because they won't be staying there. Right? right? Yep. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna be around for long. Don't talk to those people. So where I lived in Denver, all of the streets are tree names. So there's. So we're letter- ours. We
0: used to call it you lived in the woods because it was everything was named after a tree. We had Cherry <laughs> yes. and Dahlia and Elm yes. and yep. yes. Yeah, every they lived in the woods. Where do they live? They live in the woods.
1: <laughs> That's hysterical. That's so I love funny. that we both lived on tree streets. <laughs> and that was how we identified. Like yeah. we we identified as the name of our street and we were identified that way in school. Two. okay Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I didn't even go, so I went to, I, I grew up in Denver, so I was still in the height of busing. Mm-hmm. And I went to a satellite school that my mom had spent, oh my God, hours and hours and hours and hours in the phone trying to get me into. And even there, we were, we were the I don't know if we were from the woods but we were the tree kids because mm-hmm. there was this whole block of us that all came from the trees okay like so i feel like this was identification i don't know what what this is a thing that has changed wildly in the i last mean i want to say
0: years. it's I, and I know this term is probably not PC anymore, but, like,
1: uh, it's like tribalism. Well, see, it's that's a tough one because conceptually that's exactly what it is. It's, but it's like, tribalism. But, like, to
0: use that terminology is not okay. So well, what's, like, the...
1: there is no good non-PC term here for the concept of tribalism. Mm-hmm. But that's... I,
0: i mean that's what it was Mm -hmm. like we were we were
1: tribes Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm um i'll look it up or and or discuss this one with my husband to see if there are better words to be used here but i don't actually i i mean this is honestly a sociological term yeah tribalism is a thing that we talk about in sociology and anthropology I have an almost useless degree to back me up on this one.
0: Yeah, like I'm looking up on thesaurus dot com what is like a what's a synonym a synonym? Clan? Society Oh well that's better. <laughs> clan society dynasty division lineage race seed so
1: it's all shitty is what i'm
0: association cast none of oh
1: it, it just goes from bad to worse society no because society doesn't accurately describe society implies <laughs> like more uh like organization. Well, laws. Yeah. An organization. Yeah. Society yeah. has rules. Tribe No, because Oak? that's relationship. I don't know.
0: Please, somebody, please tell us what we can use for
1: this terminology. <laughs> no, seriously. I'll, I'll talk to my husband, the historian, and I will do some research and see if we can come up with something better. But I don't actually think there is anything better. I think we are talking about tribalism as a function. And that's the language that we have. And that's what it was. And that is what we see here in this yeah. movie. Like, the. Because, yeah, clan doesn't sound any better, but that's what we have. We have the Sol- Sol- Slinsky mm-hmm. and Thompson clan now. Mm hmm because they've had this thing happen shared experience. to them, right? Yeah. Shared experience. That is the makeup of most tribes and gatherings, groups. See, there's no good. There's nothing that's quite right here. Because that shared experience mm-hmm. is what makes us a tribe. Right for us as kids that was growing up on the block and mm-hmm. we had those same shared experiences. Like there was the house that did all the weird Halloween decorations. Yeah. Every, every neighborhood had one of those. There was the house. We had the garbage house. <laughs> right. Right.
0: <laughs> Where they always have like old furniture out on the front, or front lawn. Broken
1: car pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. We all called it the garbage house we had the house that we went to when none of the other moms were home yep. we could reliably predict that jinx would be home and she would feed us <laughs> right yeah so there's something about yeah the tribe as mm-hmm. that no longer exists when who the hell wrote the book it takes a village was that hillary clinton i think it was hillary Clinton. i think that was hillary clinton And when we talk about the village, we've lost that. When we moved here to this, I call it an apartment complex, but it's not. I mean, these are townhouses. But our front door opens out to an open courtyard. Mm -hmm. And we chose it very deliberately because it means that I can take my kids out and they can go outside and play on a big lawn with other children. Mm-hmm. Even now in quarantine, I know most of those mothers, even though we don't even speak some of the same language, like yeah. there are, mm-hmm. I know them well enough to know roughly what they do, yeah. where they're going. I be- I have faith that these families are relatively in my tribe yeah, because but I've cultivated that. And when I yeah. talk about it, people are insanely jealous. Yeah, like, like... Don't be too jealous. I gave up... I only have one bathroom and it's on the second floor. Like-
0: right. Like, we literally, when we were looking at houses, one of the things... So we live on... It's not necessarily a cul-de-sac, but our neighborhood is... Doesn't have an outlet. Mm-hmm. So people aren't driving through it unless they live here, right? Right. Right. So one of the things that stood out to us when we bought this house was that there were so many kids playing in the street,
1: which is something you don't see anymore, right? right? But when you looked at this house and when that matters to us, because I want my kid to to be one of those kids playing out in the street. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. It matters. And I think that, I think that that's why I still like this movie and it still resonates is that that sense of community is what has stuck for me.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's, it's nostalgic for maybe a time that we don't necessarily have anymore, Mm -hmm. but in a more like realistic way than say home alone.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I'm really, I'm really pleased with how well this movie has aged, because mm-hmm. it's one that I can now go back to that my kids and the nine-year-old liked it quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. He was quite interested in it. The The science of it, the the adventure of it. I, you know, I have mixed results with movies from my childhood mm-hmm. with my children. It's right, especially live-action movies. Oh, yeah. It's always a toss-up whether or mm-hmm. not the movie is going to go over well or whether or not he's going to grab his device 20 minutes in yeah. and go, mm, I'm not here for this, Mom.
0: Yeah, my kid watched this one at least once and a half. Um, so one time all the way through together, and then the second time I watched it, I started it without him, but he finished it with me, which mm-hmm. is also surprising because that doesn't
1: so, do we have age restrictions here at all? I mean, obviously the three-year-old was terrified of the yeah, scorpion. Yeah, I could see the scorpion
0: being. So... And I, like, going into it, I remembered that scene. Again, this movie is very, like, clear to me in my mind mm-hmm. um, from growing up. And I remembered that whole scene, and I was a little concerned about it because my five-year-old can occasionally find things scarier than I think that he would. Um but he wasn't bothered by
1: it. So, I think probably the realism of it was maybe just a little bit too much at three. Mm-hmm. But by five, we recognize, and uh, by five, at this in this age of twenty twenty, yeah. the animation is such that it's clearly right. not real. By five so, I mean, years obviously old, obviously,
0: if that. you have like a kid who's a little bit more sensitive to that stuff.
1: Yeah, maybe, Again, maybe like, pre-screen it or wait a little while with them. Or but... just be
0: aware. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, what was it that we just watched? Oh, darn it. Oh, I know. We just watched um, Trolls World Tour.
1: Oh, that's, you were And we had me.
0: watched it when it first came out, and we re-watched it this week for Pizza and Movie Night. And he doesn't like the scene where all, the... have you seen it yet? Mm-mm. There's a scene where all the trolls get like, I guess, possessed is the best way to explain it, and he doesn't like that. He gets a little freaked out by it. And again, for him, it's always things with like dark themes to them, Mm. right? So he told me going in, oh, I want to sit next to you when this
1: part happens
0: so okay
1: (laughs) all right well that's that's sweet for your little mama heart no Uh, it
0: is it is so like just you know to give you experience of like what my kid is afraid of it's that it's uh the maleficent scene in sleeping beauty Mm -hmm. it's things that are actually visually dark Mm. meanwhile (laughs) he fucking loves nightmare before christmas (laughs) which we'll talk about next week or two weeks from now when you listen
1: no, we've already done that. Yeah, but after. they haven't listened to it yet. No, but they'll have listened to it before we're done. Before they listen to this one. No, this is after that. Right. This so is have the, already, Oh yeah, yeah. That was last week. <laughs> yeah, that two was weeks last ago, week. Guys. Two weeks ago. You should already have heard it, and if you haven't heard, go that back one, and listen then to you're it. you're clearly <laughs> a terrible, terrible fan of the Latchkey Movie Show. And we only want fifty-one
0: listeners. Right. So go away. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so my kid's fine with the Scorpion, mm-hmm. not fine with Trolls World tour Possession and Maleficent, but loves Nightmare Before Christmas.
1: I don't know guys. There's there's no telling with kids. There's yeah. just be aware this might be kinda scary. There is no Halloween costume, I mean, and I don't remember Halloween costumes from this movie in 1989, either. No, because so. if it was
0: a Halloween costume in 1989, it would have been, like, a picture of a face of, like, a piece of plastic over your face that was, like, what?
1: Do you remember Halloween Nick Zelensky mask? <laughs> And then, like, your your plastic, I like- shared, I... I- Shared a meme not that long ago about how Generation X was born for this new mask-wearing age, yeah. and it was a picture of all of the kids. Because you only had like
0: one little hole. Right. To break it. <laughs> it was like the size of like a nickel, right? And not even a nickel, like on the big side. It was like a nickel on the, the on the flat little side, side.
1: <laughs> and then the little eye holes. Yeah. Holy crap! I was done with those by like eight or nine because by then I had the glasses and I couldn't wear them under the horrible face plastic things. But
0: the best part was like my mom always made my Halloween costumes and I just really wanted to wear a fucking plastic bag instead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My mom made quite a few of my Halloween costumes too. I distinctly remember being six years old and a slice of watermelon and being pissed about the seeds drawn <laughs> on my cheeks. Yeah,
0: yeah. You just wanted to wear, like, a plastic mask. Yeah, I just wanted like, you the wanted strawberry to be shortcake <laughs> mask. Kids don't even know, man, because no. store-bought costumes are, like, really awesome these days
1: they're they're significantly better than the shit that we had like there was there was a you were not one of the cool kids if your halloween costume was store bought and yeah. now, now no like people will comment when occasionally when i make the kids one year i dressed my oldest daughter up it was i don't know she was like 4 5 she was not set up for Halloween in any way, shape, or form at that age. And I'm like, how do we, what do we do for her that she's not just going to destroy or maim? So I made her a bag of jelly beans with blown up balloons And people kept commenting on it. Like it was the most remarkable thing that they had ever seen. (laughs) So see,
0: I have like the flip side. I was always like, I'm going to be the mom who makes the Halloween costumes. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, but I can buy this Halloween costume. That's way better than anything I can make instead. Cause he's not wearing a garbage bag.
1: Like we did. Exactly what. (laughs) That's exactly what I dressed her in. Well, that's different. No, no. I mean, like (laughs) the. You know. (laughs) I
0: mean, like the garbage
1: bag printed. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh man, Alf. The (laughs) garbage. The Alf garbage bag. I can close my eyes and see that Halloween costume, and it had the head, obviously. Of course. But the body costume was just like a trash bag. They were always just like a trash bag. (laughs)
0: And if your mom made you a Hershey kiss instead, you were totally uncool.
1: Totally uncool.
0: (laughs) Anyway, there were no Halloween costumes from this movie.
1: No, there were no Halloween costumes from this movie. There were also not a little, no tears, not even from me. I might've gotten misty eyed at one point. I can't remember when or where or why, but it was just misty eyed. So we, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) So, final score out of five.
0: Oh, man. I I don't, I never think about this ahead of time.
1: Like we are, it's new to you or something. (laughs) I
0: know. I don't know. I'm going to give it a four. Okay.
1: Four and a half for this one for me. It just, it hits all the good, solid, nostalgic points, so.
0: So, uh, before we give... In and give up and be done. (laughs) We talked about in Home Alone how like the scene with Kevin putting the aftershave on his face is like iconic and screaming. I very specifically remember that end scene where Nick goes French class. I get it now, and like I I was like as a kid I'm like oh that's so funny but like I don't get it. I don't get it. What's going on? I mean, obviously I get it now, but, like, as a, what, like, seven-year-old, I had no idea. No, no,
1: no idea. What's a, (laughs) French class? What the fuck are you talking about,
0: French class? Yeah, but I very, like, that scene, they, they they're together in my memory as a
1: child. I can, I can, I can understand. I can understand. All right. Well, if you, yeah, that sounds like it for you. I'm Leaving it up right at the end. (laughs) Okay. So we're on Facebook. We got a new Facebook follower this week. I did a little dance. It was great. (laughs) We're up to like six now. Look at us go. Instagram, at Latchkey Movies. You can email us at latchkeymovies at gmail.com. Uh, You can call us and complain. I do check this phone number fairly regularly to see if you have complained, somebody always does, about what we've gotten wrong, because there's always something. Always something. That's 402-885-4875. And I've not done this yet, but feel free if you are, you know, excited about the work we're doing to buy us a cup of coffee. That's ko com slash briar. Probably we'll use it to pay for website hosting. <laughs> Cause we get a lot of spam on our website. Have you ever looked at our spam comments? I have, I have. Oh. Man, I,
0: but like that's like what I did for a few years, so I know like it's all like I've seen this before.
1: I've seen all this <laughs> shit before, but man, they want to sell us better SEO. I'm like, this is yeah, this is, yep. this is mm-hmm. not how you sell the SEO. No. Do you not? Do no. you know how SEO no. works? I don't think you know how SEO works. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and um, yeah, we're doing. What did we decide? Oh, yeah. Wally. Wally. Wally next time. But before time?
0: we go, I have to say that this movie was originally titled Teeny
1: Weenies. <laughs> I did not know that. Oops. I think that's the best way to end this episode ever. Yep. We started with Honey, I Shrink the Kids. We're in with Teeny Weenies. weenies. Bye. Bye.